0: I seem to remember a story a few months ago about uh, an Amtrak train that may be running yep. from here to Atlanta, here to Nashville. Yeah, it's very much on the table, and I'm very proud of that because it started in my office. <laughs> you know, I mean, early on in the uh, administration, when there was a lot of talk about Amtrak routes and, and federal money possibly being available, I thought... You know, how crazy is it, having grown up here, that we're, you know, it's a Chattanooga choo-choo and we don't have passenger train service. And, you know, hey, we're right here between Nashville and Atlanta, Um, could we do it? And uh, we've got both of our Republican senators signed on endorsing it. So look, it's a great idea, objectively, and we're real excited about it and uh, we think it's gonna happen. I just hope I'm alive to see it. What the hell is that? Stone on air, coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear.
1: Give human beings opportunity, and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it.
2: Stone on air, coming up. Stone on air.
1: All right, well, welcome in everybody to the Stone On Air podcast. That was from the state of the city one week ago today. If you're listening to this on the day that it is released, as I know each and every single one of you do, the minute you wake up every single Thursday, the most downloaded podcast in the city of Chattanooga and surrounding areas. My name is Brian Stone. You'll hear plenty more from Mayor Kelly in the second segment of the show. We'll get things started momentarily. I hope that doesn't sound as garbled up as it does in my headphones right now. I think my connection is just bad for some reason, but no time to waste. Uh, The audio of my voice sounds fine, though. It's just that audio that might have, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, the reason there's no time to waste in this particular episode of the Stone on Air Stone on Air podcast is I'm taking a little bit of a of a gamble here. We have had a lot of weather around here recently, and it is showing possibly severe. I'm not overly concerned about it in, by any stretch. Except for I have reset the clocks in my kitchen, meaning the microwave and the oven, uh, at least four times in the last uh, week because the power has been out. One time while I was asleep that I woke up to, and then three other times when I came in and realized things were flashing. So... Um, that would mean the chances are at least um, favorable that that could happen tonight. And uh, this crappy, uh, antiquated, outdated stuff I use doesn't have an autosave if something like that were to happen. But I did look at the uh, the radar, and it looks like for the next hour or so, things should be fine. So it was either A, cut the grass with a little bit of light rain off and on, which I certainly don't feel like doing, Or go ahead and get the show done early on a Wednesday for a Thursday download. And that is what I am going to do. So as I just mentioned, I will give you uh, audio from the state of the city. I did not attend. I planned on trying to, but I knew it was probably not going to happen because of Traffic issues and me trying to get downtown on a Thursday early last week, but they did put it up on YouTube. So I pulled audio from it. I'll give you about 10 cuts. Is it the most, uh, you know, relevant, mind blowing information you're going to get about the city? No, not even kind of, but a little bit of it I thought was worth hearing. And, um, hey, I'm always looking for something to do, and that's what I decided to do in the second segment of the show. In the final segment of the show, I'm going to Helena, Alabama this weekend, and I'm going to tell you why. Also, with a little kind of just go-back-in-time review of the time I went to uh, Montgomery on the heels of what didn't turn out to be as nearly as big a story as I thought it might be, the hashtag Montgomery brawl, the fight on the riverfront, that um, really turned into more jokes than it did anything else from my vantage point through social media. So we'll do that in the final segment of the show and a handful of things to get to here in the open. I'll get you four pieces of audio. The worst idea, the realest not real thing, and then uh, the coolest thing is two parts, and it is another example of how the Internet, while is it is also a sewer and a disgusting place. More specifically, speaking of social media, it can also be a wonderfully fun and uh, and hilariously innovative and interesting place as well. So that will be the coolest thing coming up here in about ten minutes from right now. I um, just wanted to put the kind of the top, the finishing touch on the Chattanooga Police Department ride along I did. What would be now almost two weeks ago? I did a long segment on it last week, and I never—I was kind of in a hurry to try to get it in as quick as I could, and I never really gave my overall thoughts. And my overall thoughts were, my—I um, I don't want to say hatred for law enforcement because I don't have hatred, but my skepticism and my uh, cynicism is going to be less going forward. Seeing it in action for the day, I, it is a—a a occupation that I would have zero. Interest. Zero, none uh, interest at all in ever being involved in. But I could see why people would want to. And then I also see why people would want to do it to abuse power as well. So I'll always keep my um, uh, my finger on the pulse of it to make sure that that's not happening from... Just uh, b- make sure, like, I have any kind of real uh, uh, influence. But like, if I see something that's bad, like this Wilkie thing, uh, Officer Wilkie, I've spent much time on. I'm I'm not going to shy away from that. When I see Cody Wamp her, splattering herself all over uh, billboards for no good reason other than just to look at herself, I'll talk about that. And I'll regularly still have some negative things to say because they give me so much material, not just here locally. I mean, you know, nationally and uh, worldwide, for that matter. But uh, overall, walked away with a much better uh, overall thought on that. Uh, the, uh, the the new podcast had got pretty good um, traffic in its first week. Uh, this wasn't one time on Fish Tour. I hope to have some... Uh, more work on that coming up here soon. Still working on some technical stuff. I did mention it'll it'll take a while. This this is going to happen. I just don't know exactly when. But what I found out and what I've been looking for for a long time, I've mentioned it on here before, is a an app on my phone that I can use to record incoming phone calls, especially because I get plenty of crap scam calls just like the rest of you do. And I want to record them in real time. Well, the app that I downloaded on the fly to record that pilot episode, well, from I haven't tested it yet. But when I get a phone call, that app pops up and gives me the option to hit record. So I'm assuming that means that any call now that comes in, I will be able to record. So be careful. First of all, don't call me. Don't pick up the phone and call me unless you've arranged a phone call in advance. And I promise I won't do, I'll do the same. I won't call you unless you know a phone call's coming. I think that's just common courtesy in the year 2023. Because if you call me, there is the opportunity now for me to record it and I will use it unless you, whoever you, the generalized you is, tells me not to. Okay. So just let that be. I don't expect that to be any issues, but. Finally, accidentally, I found that app that I was looking for. I uh, saw this a few weeks ago. Sleepyhead Cafe It would be their second uh, location. I don't remember where the first one is, but the second one is coming to East Main, if, or maybe it's already there, near Dodds. So Main Street is pushing all the way now closer to Dodds. It's still a little dicey down that way. That's only about like three miles from where I live. They're doing an all-mocktail bar, I'm guessing, with a name like Sleepyhead Cafe. That means they're going to have a ton of coffee as well. And now that I'm somewhat of a coffee drinker, this is my kind of place. So if that is something you're interested in, uh, near the corner of Dodds and East Main, Sleepyhead Cafe, if it's not there yet, it will be very, very soon. I have to do a little bit of complaining. There's just certain things I do every year. It's just kind of tradition. You know, it's Halloween, it's New Year's, and now it's back to school. I uh the the back to school take the picture of the kid thing is flooding social media. I'm not trying to be too big of a dick about it. I get it, but all of them, virtually all of them have the same kind of tone of, "Oh, where does the time go? Oh, I can't believe this it's gone by so fast." Why, how can you not believe it? How, how, can, how is this continually to be surprising to people? First of all, it's not. But wh- time flies. It's not just something I say to try to get a smirk out of people. I say it all the time to ad nauseum to the point where it's probably annoying. Time just flies, spins out of control. It's a time warp zone when you're an adult. Every weekend too Like oh my god I can't believe how fast the weekend went by How can you not believe it It's only two freaking days Ever think about when Wednesday rolls around Like it is for me right now Monday and Tuesday evaporated into thin air You know why Not because oh my god it's so great No because it's only two days And it's gone So yes time flies do not waste it It is a commodity To me it is more valuable than money Because I can always get more money I can never get More time. Speaking of which, I'm already halfway through the open segment, so I'm going to have to condense this. Um, The Times Free Press might have got me. So far, I'm still getting the paper for free to read it in a PDF style through the website, but I'm not able to print it as of this week. I thought maybe it was a one-day thing or a glitch the other day. Well, every day this week when I've tried to print a story, I wasn't able to. And this one I tried to print today, so maybe the next step is they're going to cut me off completely. But... COVID is back. No, COVID never left. And um, so I don't have the story in front of me, and I don't need it. Uh, It's the flu, okay? It's the flu. The flu isn't going anywhere. Slow down. Calm down. Relax. It's no big deal. COVID-19 is not going anywhere. And it's not going to harm you or your family very, very likely. Just like all influences and flus. All right? That's it. No more there. Uh, Two more that I did print off uh, at the end of last week, and I'll only spend a minute on this because I want to spend a few minutes on this other one. The Silverdale uh, Jail, Workhouse, whatever it's officially called. They're getting rid of that name, which um, this is a long piece here that's just chopped up with a bunch of junk that I didn't get the highlighter to, and I don't need to. Um, The school and the church, that's fine, It's probably not a great idea to also have the workhouse jail over there with all the razor wire sharing the same name. That was generally the crux of it. And then that goes along with, well, what about the conditions? Well, I've talked about that a little bit here. It does appear the conditions are pretty bad. That is a story we're spending time on that I don't have today, and I'll go back down eventually. But uh, it's now just the Hamilton County Correction Center or something like that. So in case you see that and wonder what that's all about. The one I did want to spend a few minutes on, and I was able to uh, print this off from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. The headline is Neighbors Mosque Say They See Bar As Nuisance. Um, Talking to neighbors of, what is it called, Shady's Corner, I believe. It is all the rage with the 20-somethings and even probably many of the 30-somethings and maybe many of the 40-somethings. It does Look pretty cool. It is the new place. I don't frequent the new place, quote unquote, very often anymore, so I haven't been. This is from um, from that piece. One of the uh, neighbors says the bar's music and its deliveries are around the clock and are causing him, the neighbor they're talking to here, and his family to lose sleep. They've been there for 70 years And um, all the things that they brought to the beer board before it was ever approved that they were worried about, the neighbors and the mosque, uh, are all coming true. And who didn't know that with a place that's open until 3 a.m. every single night? Dude says that a a full beer bottle was uh, full of beer was thrown through his window back in July. There's actually a picture of the broken window. Guess there's no actual evidence that it came from somebody from the bar, but clearly we all know that that's likely true. Uh, this talks about the parking. There virtually is none. There's seven spots at this place. It's over off Cemetery. Uh, it's kind of near Central, uh, close to Main Street. So that's just one neighbor, and I'm sure they're all pretty pissed off. And then the guy from the mosque. Um, are they Reverend? I don't know what they're called. Um, uh, what's his name? I can't even say his name, but doesn't matter. He runs the mosque, and he's very discouraged with all this, just like he said he would be. Um, says that uh, the, the scarce street parking discourages people from coming to worship. This is a quote now from El-Hahim. He said via phone, Kids now, when they come to our place, they get to see all the girls going over there with their butt cheeks hanging out of their pants and drunk and screaming, yelling and partying. Uh, he's not wrong. This was all brought to the attention of the beer board. Let's see. It says uh, they voted unanimously to deny the bar's beer permit at uh, the first initial meeting, citing concerns of all the same things I just said. Two weeks later, they reversed that vote and granted the permit, despite that the bar not even being on that week's meeting's agenda. So, of course, that makes you ask, who pushed this? Who made this go through? You know, No new information was presented. Uh, nothing changed. And it went from a, a complete, across-the-board, unanimous no to a yes. This is straight from the piece. Normally, Chattanooga's beer code would stop a bar from opening within 500 feet of a church or school. But the Shady's property is classified as, quote, urban general commercial Quote, where else in Chattanooga are you going to find a bar literally 20 feet from a religious facility, El-Hahim said. Uh, He said Shady's customers frequently urinate in the alley between the Islamic Center and the bar, and he often smells marijuana smoke outside the mosque. During services, he said, worshipers can can hear loud, vulgar, and sometimes sexual talk just outside the windows. I don't mean to laugh, but for some reason, it's mildly funny. Uh, for me, I guess, I mean, I feel for the neighbors, I guess. I don't feel for religious uh, institutions. I'm an uh, equal opportunity not care about her, if that's if that's a thing. Uh, all religions don't care about any of them. Though, I mean, rules are rules, I guess, and it does kind of appear that they're this mosque and these neighbors are getting the crap into the deal here. Uh, what do you do in a situation like that? I say start at the beer board, question them. Why did things change? Why did they all of a sudden go from absolutely not to yes, in a matter of a couple of weeks with no new information that was presented? That's, that would be my question. I don't care about the neighbors or the or the religious institution as much as I care about the beer board and who's greasing palms. That, that's the part of the story that I care about. Bar does look pretty damn cool, though. Arcades, good food from what I'm told, even though take that for what it's worth. Oh, man, they got good food. The food probably sucks, but the bar looks pretty cool, so... Anyway, there you go on that. So let's shift gears to this audio real quick. Oh, shit. I didn't mean to crumble that up. Let's get that back over here. Sorry. Um, these are fun for the most part. And the only reason I went with this one, it was on in my queue, if you will, on TikTok to potentially play. But I watched on Vice, one of my favorite low-rent uh, television channels, news, quote-unquote organizations, Um they they got a lot of great docs. They're they're low end budget, but they're still pretty good. And this one was about T M Z. Just yesterday I watched this and I thought it was pretty damn good because I didn't know a lot about T M Z other than just what it is. Gossip ain't exactly my thing. Shocking news, right? Well, this is uh we'll call it today's worst idea. Are we still paying attention to the Kardashians?
2: I just saw a clip from the show where Kim bought a vacation home in Malibu, forty minutes away from her other mansion in calabasas are we supposed to be entertained by this there's a housing crisis most people can't afford rent and more than half of americans are living paycheck to paycheck and i'm supposed to grab some popcorn and snuggle up on the couch with a blanket as i watch this bitch buy her fifth million dollar vacation home they could have all the money in the world but the fact that there's still a cameraman there to this day broadcasting this shit out to a country who's struggling for the most part is one of the most classless tasteless and cheapest things that i can think of Someone tell the producers that worshipping celebrities and the rich and famous just isn't it anymore. Unless there's an episode about them banding together and paying off our student debt or some shit, then I don't, I'm don't. i not interested. Like, fuck off.
1: Yeah, well, I can't disagree with that. And, of course, there's lots of Kardashian talk and all the usual suspects in the TMZ doc. And it got me thinking, um, I never participated in that. I, I, I can't say I never looked at TMZ.com. Because it's been around for so long, especially, you know, starting in around 2005 when I was all over exploring the the new internet, the blogospheres, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't have any real recollection of typing into a, 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 a search bar www.tmz.com in my life. That doesn't mean I hadn't seen it and didn't see social medias later on down the line, but I don't ever remember going to that website and it was pure trash. Uh, this is the realest... Not real thing. I've been meaning to make comments on this, and uh, today's good enough day to do it. The aliens thing? I mean, the, well, I'll play it, and then, I, then commentary. It'll make more sense. Today's realist, not real thing. I love
2: that the government, like, fairly, like, certainly confirmed that aliens are real. They're like, we have pictures, we have evidence, like, they visited, we interviewed them, like, guys, this is serious, aliens are real. And, like, mo- like all of us are just kind of are too depressed to even care about that. <laughs> like, we're all like, oh, cool, another thing. Great. added in the pile of wildfires, and I, I can't freaking afford
0: my groceries oh, now. Aliens like, truly, really no one cares <laughs> except Blink 182.
1: I don't know. Did Blink 182 write a song about it or something? I'm not sure about that one, but uh, yeah, do anybody really believe in this nonsense? Yeah, I mean, seriously, can you imagine what it would be like if Donald Trump was the president right now or, or five years, six years ago? And one of the headlines were, there are aliens, especially after the ridiculousness that was Space Force. We would be like, you are all a bunch of liars. There's no aliens. And the only thing most of us collectively would say, what are you trying to hide here? What are you trying to bury? Are you about to bomb Iran or something? Did Ukraine you know, lose a $50 million bet on some English Premier League soccer team as they embezzle all our money? I mean, what, what's really going on here that you're making up nonsense about aliens? That was today's realist, not real thing. There are no aliens. At least not, they haven't discovered them now. Enough of that silliness. And then real quick here, as I see the clouds are ominous here, so I need to stop and uh, save here shortly. Uh, Quickly, though, this is raw audio of just some idiots in a car and this girl screaming about being starving. And uh, I'll let you hear it, and then we'll play what people have made viral on uh, TikTok. This is the first part of today's coolest thing.
2: assit CEO thank you I fucking started this web what did you eat today I ain't nothing
1: It doesn't matter how many times I hear and see this I still laugh one more time I don't I can't ever Oh my god it's freaking stop That's a why little excess
2: I I'm fucking starving <laughs> What did you eat today I ate nothing
1: I work 10 hours and all I want is wing stop Can you effing drive Well the beauty Of social media and the wonderfulness That is TikTok created This I love it. Nothing, 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 nothing. I'm sure Instagram and Reels and Facebook and everybody else will catch up to this trend eventually. But uh, there you go. The I work 10 hours all I want is Wingstop song or the Wingstop girl. All right, we'll hear from the mayor Tim Kelly and the city uh, or the state of the city address, I should say, coming up next.
0: Stone On Air, coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At stoneonair.com, We, we, been recently accepted into one of only 16 cities um, into a program that the Department of Labor is running with the National League of Cities called the Good Jobs Great Cities Initiative and it's all about workforce development and the longer I'm in the mayor's office two and a half years it hit me at this launch meeting we were in in Washington that there are really two types of mayors in the United States the mayors that understand that workforce development is the most important thing they do and the mayors that will soon understand that workforce development is the most important thing they do. And I'm dead serious about that. Welcome back in.
1: This is the band Cracker. If it means I gotta get a job. More on that here in the final segment. I'm speaking of not wanting to waste any time. I'm keeping an eye on the the radar here. It looks like I'm right on the outer edge of anything that's more than just rain for now. So I'm going to... Keep trying to push my luck and uh, push forward here. I don't want to waste any time as I just discussed the commodity that it is, and I only have a few hours in each night to get everything I want in. So let's start now, shall we? The uh, State of the Union address, or State of the Union, State of the uh, City address was at the Walker Theater uh, last Thursday, and I did RSVP, and I was going to go if I had the opportunity, but I didn't and uh, nobody missed me. Nobody wanted to see me anyway, but luckily, they are, uh, I don't know if they always do this, whoever they is, involved with city or county government, put everything on on YouTube and, and available. I know that most, if not all, the city council meetings, and I, I think also the commissioner, Hamilton County Commission meetings are also there as well, so uh, I went through it. It took quite a while, actually. It's not going to knock your socks off, but um, let's get started, shall we? So uh, there were a couple things I missed going through all this. My eyes started cross a little bit. There was a section on homelessness that I wanted to have a little bit of audio from that I somehow either accidentally deleted or didn't get, um, but mostly I've got a little touching on all of it. Greg Glover from WRCB, a, uh, a guy I'm fond of in the news, TV, media here locally, was the, um, I don't want to. I guess it's not moderator. It was a Q&A, but it really wasn't real questions and real answers. It was completely choreographed, and there was a, a big screen with um, graphs and charts to go along with it. Uh, this wasn't a, oh, yeah, well, let me uh, follow up question kind of thing. Tim, Mayor Kelly, if you are listening, which there is a chance he is, I'm on your side. uh, But this was a politically organized thing on a local level. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If there were ever be a time that I needed uh, the mayor on, he would come on with me. I've had him on three times, uh, not since he was mayor. I have only inquired once and he responded. And that was after the Moon River uh, weather incident last year but twice before he was mayor and once while he was running for mayor. So he will answer my phone call. He will at least respond to a text. He will uh, get back to me. So if I ever need to do that, I will. But at this point, this is nothing more than just a um, a show, if you will. Um, just as much as the State of the Union is kind of a broadcast uh, television show, especially in the world of entertainment politics, that nationally, unfortunately, We live in. So I will start from the beginning, which Mitch Hedberg would say, that's a good place to start. I wish I had more on this. I wish there was, not that I had it, I wish there was more on the new development, the Chattanooga Lookout Stadium, the South Broad District. It was touched on and how these are being paid for. Also, the Bend, if you want more information on that, the Bend at Chattanooga.com. They're all being funded roughly the same way with TIFs. T-I-F, it is tax increment, uh, financing, I believe is what it stands for. Tax incremental financing. So this is referencing the bend more than it is the South broad district, but it is the same concept of how this is being funded.
0: The, the key is the increment. So you take an area like the Bend, which was, which is all based on property tax, right? That was generating next to no property tax. Cause the property wasn't worth anything. It's a big contaminated brownfield. And it, what it does is take the, for a period of time, not forever, but for a period of time, takes the increment uh, created by the rise in property tax values created by the investment and diverts that towards key infrastructure investments. In this case, in the bend, in the west side, that private investment will create a down payment for, for west side of evolves to completely transform that College Hill Courts area, uh, and it will create a ton of new housing units, uh, mixed-use housing while not displacing a single resident. Uh, Chattanooga Housing Authority is committed to that. So uh, again, that wouldn't happen without tax increment financing. It will also create an entire new neighborhood for the city of Chattanooga. It will extend Main Street all the way to the river, uh it it's it's a it's it's a fantastic
1: so that's good sorry for a bad edit there uh, on my part but uh so that's good for that project maybe maybe it's good for the south broad district as well i would like to know more about the inflation issues with uh the bonds that are going to be taken out for the new stadium and the uh development on uh on that south broad district i would like to have known more and heard more about that and why it's taken a year We're almost at exactly a year Since this was passed through As Coppinger, mayor uh, of the Hamlet County Was on his way out And pushed through uh, hastily Some would say And um, a year later Looking around kind of like uh, What's going on? Anyway, that's all we got on that The uh, next was What is the one Chattanooga plan And uh, the, the The buzzword you hear around here is economic uh, mobility.
0: Everybody was focused on the, the idea that economic mobility was really the thing holding Chattanooga back on the disparities here between the black and white community economically in terms of outcomes, they're shocking, they're terrible. They still are, right? And this was something that I think for obvious reasons, right, politicians don't like talking about because it, it tends to make people uncomfortable. And the truth really will set you free, right? We need to get comfortable talking about this stuff because until we hit it head on, we, we can't fix it. You know, it starts with education, but, but that was the plan. The genesis of the plan was my blueprint, and my thesis for how we find our way to that spot of really being uh, the best city in the United States. And I fervently believe that Chattanooga has the potential to do that. But we can't do that until we address some of these really pressing problems. Uh, And and the good news is we have the talent and the raw materials and the determination to to do just that.
1: I do believe that the mayor has a good administration, a good cabinet, good people around him. And all intentions are uh, really good. So... We'll see. Uh, a lot of this stuff is generational. It's nothing we're going to see probably even within his um, first four years. And if there is a second four years, more on that a little bit later. Uh, continuing on, the, the green economy, the tech uh, boom, if uh, that's what we want to call it around here with the gig, all, also part of the one Chattanooga plan and the current local unemployment numbers.
0: The economic opportunity around this new green economy whatever you think of it otherwise is is frankly incredible. And we are squarely in the middle of it. And it is most of our economic upside opportunity. Our unemployment rate a couple of months ago was the lowest it's ever been in the history since they've been keeping records in Chattanooga. And I would say I'm proud of that, but honestly, I mean, we, it's nobody's ever happy because people also couldn't find workers. So look, the Federal Reserve is doing its job to try to uh, get the dragon of inflation uh, back in the cage and so you're going to see unemployment tick up a little bit and I don't think that's a bad thing because I think those people will quickly find re-employment elsewhere. There's still a lot of tightness in other areas of the labor market so that that as a sort of an armchair economist that doesn't, doesn't worry me.
1: That also started off with talking about that the unemployment numbers had gone up so I forgot to uh, preface that. Um, as per usual, unemployment numbers are quite deceiving. It's kind of a stat that doesn't really mean a whole lot anymore. Um, it's kind of like a sports analogy of just junk stats that don't really give you an actual, uh, understanding of what the job market is. And I'm just talking about that from a macro view. So what about that? I mean, not all of us are in tech. Not all of us are relying or even have any understanding of the green economy. What about those people,
0: which I would be one of them. I'm fortunate to have a counterpart in County Mayor Wamp who is equally passionate about education and workforce development, and so we are working hard. We've got to really re-engineer the way we think about that from cradle to career, which is which is what we are doing, and one of the early things we did in the administration was create the Career Construction Academy, which the city historically probably wouldn't have invested in something like that. We invested $2 million in that, and it's full, and hopefully we'll be expanding soon to create people who can make really great money coming straight out of there in much-needed construction jobs. So we have to have a a diverse workforce that that addresses each segment of the economy, and uh, and we've got to be able to train folks to do that.
1: So the term there, cradle to career, and um, the only time he mentions Weston, but I thought it was at a good time to do it because that is a big thing. and One of the reasons I voted for Weston Wamp was his huge push for vocational schools and uh vocational training which when i was a kid a teenager going through high school if you were in the Vogue school you were the scummy kids right like it had a terrible connotate, negative connotation of being where you know all the kids that smoke cigarettes and do drugs and don't show up to school on time that's where we ship them all off to and a lot of those people uh, went and got great uh, trades and made great work out of it and a lot of them were just losers too also that, that they both can be true um, so if you're having issues about wondering what is the job market going to look like for me as a 30-something, as a 40-something, well, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Uh, a lot of this stuff, as I mentioned, generational that both Weston and Tim are uh, trying to do. While is a good thing, it's a great idea. It's a great plan for generational futures, but leaves a lot of us uh, older types like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? Uh, I didn't get this audio. I lost it somewhere in the shuffle. Uh, we're talking about going back to 2020, interest rates falling down to damn near zero. At a, and it, just a ridiculous time of, of financial life of ours when we're just giving money away. And I guess at the time was to continue with people having free money and then, you know, from the stimulus checks and then the uh, borrowing money at such a low rate All these private equity firms started buying up and flipping properties. It started then. It's still aggressively going now. I still get something in the mail, the literal mail, and online and through my phone constantly. Hey, do you want to sell your property? Because they look at the records and they see, hey, this guy's owned this house for a long time. It's old as shit. And he probably is poor because he doesn't make a lot of money. And he probably has a lot of upkeep. So maybe we can buy it from him, flip it, and sell it for three times as much as we paid for it. That's what's going on. And coupled with that and many other things is the influx of new people to this area because of its incredible quality of life. Low cost of living and low taxes has created this uh, housing, affordable housing issue that we are experiencing like the rest of the country is.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a great one, because it is um, another thing my staff's probably tired of me saying is that this is a Goldilocks problem. Right. It really is. It's it is it's a balancing act. So we, we we noticed during the pandemic as I was coming into office that we had quite a few people that had moved in for our wonderful for our super fast Internet and our great quality of life. That's a wonderful thing. But. Lo and behold, you know, that led to an affordable housing uh, issue that we are, you know, hard at work addressing as well. We, we want to be able to accommodate as many people want to be here, but at the same time, good brands have edges, right? And I, I think we're, we're not going to try to be all things to all people. I think at the same time, we have to make sure that we take care of, of our legacy residents first uh, before, we, before we start worrying about trying to roll out the red carpet to the world at large.
1: Can't say I disagree with any of that, but I don't I would like to follow up if I was interviewing him sitting right here and say, well, what does that mean? Take care of our legacy residents first. It's easy to say. What does that exactly mean? But again, that was not what this forum was for. Uh, I've only got about five more here flying by. might go a little long. We'll see. Um, I've always said that anytime you see the alarm flashing on socials or if it was just a the TFP with headline gang problems, gang, this gang, that is Chattanooga dangerous. Is it a, you know, scary place? No, this is a very, very safe area. I am very familiar with every, well, not every, but most every corner of this city from lookout Valley to signal, to lookout to East brainer, to Ottawa, to Jasper, to uh to, to Saudi Daisy, I'm pretty familiar. Hickson, I, I'm I know it all. I've been around this city for 35 years. It's a safe place to live. And anybody who tells you that it's not is lying or just trying to scare you. This question was more about the new police chief Celeste Murphy and her work currently, but I think this is true in the prior police chiefs' administrations, David Roddy, um, uh Fred Fletcher before that and uh, Bobby Dodd before that. We've had some great police chiefs, and I believe she probably is uh, continuing that uh, legacy, if if that's what you want to call it, or at least trend. Is Chattanooga a safe city?
0: The fact of the matter is, if you look at the the crime stats, we are absolutely moving in the right direction. And I, I hear a lot from people who sort of say, oh, Chattanooga's, you know, uh, Memphis or New Orleans or or even uh, you know Birmingham and, and, and our numbers are, are not even in the ballpark with those cities. Chattanooga's a safe city. Look, one homicide is too many, but I think ours our stats per hundred thousand is maybe fourteen and and it's and look we're we're gonna work hard to drive it to zero. I think the really extraordinary statistic and which which Chief Murphy should be and is I think quite proud of is that our, our closure rate on homicides is nearly 90%. And the national average is 50. And and if there's one thing that criminologists and people who understand uh, this sort of thing will tell you, the best way to prevent crime is to not let people get away with it. And uh, and, and that that is a truly extraordinary statistic, and it's not a blip. I mean, that's that's been the case now, um, really, uh, since she came into office.
1: And after spending the majority of today looking at the history of Montgomery, which I'll spend some more time on in the third segment, Um, Yeah, and Birmingham and all these other areas of the South riddled with crime. Chattanooga ain't one of them. And I did not know that number, 90% closure rate on, uh, I think he said it was homicides. I think that's what it was. Whatever the case, the numbers are high, the numbers are good, and this is not a place to be scared of. And it's also not a terribly run city, which you might have seen somewhere posted, because it went a little viral here locally, the Wallet Hub story. I know I spent a couple of minutes on it on this show, the Stone On Air podcast, that this city was the worst-run city in the country. Mayor Tim Kelly's thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, uh, look, I mean, the Wallet Hub study is just BS. I mean, that's... that's, I mean, we look, we broke it. Yeah, I mean, it is. We... um, You'll see more from us about this because this happened last year and it was a little bit like getting run over by an ice cream truck and going, what just happened that was stupid and then it was around the corner and gone and we thought okay look I, I did challenge city government to say let's look at this and and we need to take this sort of stuff seriously I mean I don't want to be dismissive about it if it's real this is not a serious news organization they it's a company that sells credit ratings and they, they are literally trying to produce I mean my current theory is the most controversial content they can to make people mad so they click on it and you know sell the ad for my pillow or whatever it is and and then you know again I hate that we're having to spend city resources to do it but I but I do think it's important that we that we refute these things because somebody needs to tell all these people that are moving in here at, at such a rapid rate, you know, go away. You know, you've been fooled. No, I mean, look, we've got a lot to be proud of as Chattanoogans. And uh, so we, we are going to break that down and more meaningfully refute it because I do hear about it a lot. Uh, and it bugs, bugs the hell out of
1: me. Yeah. When I even saw that, I thought, where, where does this information come from? It comes from the Moody credit rating, the, uh, Fitch and whatever the Standard and Poor, and then other things that they don't, they won't reveal where they get their information from. It's nonsense. Um, it's something he's talked about from the beginning because he's an old talk radio listener, and for years and years, all the potholes and the mayors, whether it was Littlefield or Burke. Or, uh, or Corker, or um, why am I blanking on my buddy uh, Adams, uh, Kenzie, uh, John Kenzie, no matter who it is in the 21st century that I've been paying attention to who the mayor is, they don't take care of the roads. Where are we at there?
0: We did not invest enough in, in roads and road repair for a long, 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 long time and so we tripled the paving budget and last year this year next year we will continue to do that if we find some money in the sofa cushions not all of it, but we will scrape excess to paving because we are on the road back to good road conditions. You can see we've turned, just barely turned the corner. In- inflation was not our friend. Uh, that 10 million bucks this year did not go nearly as far as it went last year. So we are going to have to, you know, find some more money to put towards it. Now Again, we pay 40,000 potholes, 40,000 potholes.
1: 40,000 is a, a big number. And um, that was always a regular thing on the phone calls that bored me to death on the talk radio world back in you know those days uh caller driven radio some of the worst uh, garbage ever produced but it was always very prevalent and very real and um I can say from my experience in driving in the city for the last 2 years the roads are better they absolutely are I could give you plenty of examples I won't bore you with them but they're there and he had the You know, in the Main Times 24 parade, if it wasn't this past year, the year before, the the paving truck coming through and all the signage. And uh, that was, it's been a big part of what he said he's going to do and he's done it. So he gets absolute credit from me there. Of course, you can't please everybody any of the time. And only uh, two more to go here. And just kind of jumping off what the open of the entire show was, the high-speed rail, which has been... Discussed in this city for 35 years, ever since I've been old enough to pay attention to things that are brought up uh, infrastructurally, and it has always been something I thought would be fabulous for this city. I could jump on a high-speed rail and get to Nashville and or or Atlanta without any much issue and don't have to drive my stupid car. Um, I love this idea, and it looks like it might be a reality but maybe not anytime soon, but a reality, nonetheless, someday, somehow, some way.
0: Chattanooga's stock and trade is always going to be our quality of life we're somewhat landlocked uh, with with our geography at this point again we haven't talked about air service and 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 I'm not directly involved at the airport although I do make all the board appointments and but look we're not gonna catch up with Atlanta or Nashville in terms of air service and so I think train service to Nashville and Atlanta makes a lot of sense for for Chattanoogans who may just want to go to one of those cities for the weekend I mean I'm told uh, Broadway's kind of fun in Nashville on a Saturday night I might have been there a time or two and conversely right I mean uh, we do pretty good tourist business here. And I think people in Nashville, my colleagues in Nashville have sent me a lot of notes saying people in Nashville are real excited about this. Uh, And look at dovetails with the governor's plan to try to decrease congestion on highways. And it's more sustainable, right? I mean, that's one less car um, on the the freeway. So it makes makes sense in a lot of ways.
1: It does go right with Governor Lee's uh, plans that I was going to spend some time on here, but I lost the articles and forgot about it. But there's some toll roads that they're talking about putting in here, around here locally and throughout the state as options to get around the congestion that is just volume. It is just too many people and not enough room. And because of our geography here, we're not going to be able to fix all of it, at least not in this generation, maybe not even into the next. I don't know how you put a high-speed rail to Nashville uh, because of the same reasons that I just mentioned uh how you get over or through or under uh Mont Eagle and all those kinds of things. Now Atlanta's simple. You know, concrete jungle flat boring Georgia, you could throw a rail that just runs parallel with highway 41 and I-75, I would think, without much issue. But uh probably dreaming a little bit there. But it's nice to see that that conversation is at least somewhat of a realistic one. And the final clip here from Mayor Kelly and the state of the city address from a week ago. Just his final thoughts and his legacy and no audio from whether he'll run again or not. But I'll comment on
0: that next. I feel like what I bring to the table being a business guy has less to do with knowledge about finance and more to do with organizational management, right? If if you understand your purpose, and your purpose is to really make this the best city in America, then there's really no room to hide when it comes to solutions, right? What we're trying to do is get away from blame, and get towards ownership of people saying, I'm, we're going to figure this out. We're, we're trying to create a culture of problem solving and become problem solvers. We, every month, uh, we put up a slide and, and we look at this in cabinet, and you know, it, 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 we, we boiled the One Chattanooga Plan's values down into really four, uh, four main things. Serving others with urgency, treating others with dignity and respect, problem solving, and doing the right thing. Things that we all learned in the first grade, but we need to be reminded of occasionally. So it's a very, very, very real um, initiative and I get asked a lot. You didn't ask, but I'll, I'll tell you. I get asked about, you know, what, what, what do you want your legacy to be? That. I want to leave, it'll be invisible to most people, but I, I, you know, I want to leave behind a city that just works better. Uh, For for Chattanooga
1: at some point there was a little just small mention about whether he's going to run again, which we're already getting close to that as he's two years in and he wouldn't say, I don't know why, of course he's running again. Sorry to speak for you, Tim, but of course he is. There's not going to be a viable candidate to contend and, uh, and oppose him in an election, especially if things continue to be on the path that they're on. I mean, I guess you could say there's plenty of millennials and Gen Zers that are pissed about how much everything costs, and maybe they would take that out on the mayor, but they don't vote. Those people don't vote, you know? It's business owners. It's, it's, it's middle-aged people, and um, Tim's a likable guy, and he will easily win reelection. So there you go. Tim, give me a call or a text, man. We'll start working on your re-election campaign. You can get me on the staff. I have the city salaries here. I've been in my hand for a few weeks that I was going to use when I ran out of time, and I am out of time here. If you'd like to know what the mayor makes, well, I'll tell you. $192,000 a year. The police chief, Celeste Murphy, makes $177,000. Chris Anderson, who used to be... On the city council, he is now the senior advisor for legislative initiatives, makes $139,000. My God, that's a good gig if you can get it. My guy, Ellis Smith, who used to work for the Times Free Press, he is the director of intergovernmental and external affairs. He makes $126,000, and uh, this list goes on and on and on from there. And I'll just, uh, if you want it, chattanooga.com, and you can find all of that. So... The city of Chattanooga is in a good place, except for these goddamn housing prices that are out of freaking control. But that's not a Chattanooga problem. That's a United States of America problem. So coming up next, I will tell you why I'm going to Helena, Alabama, and just some thoughts on Montgomery and the Montgomery Brawl, as I've got about uh, 10 barely or so minutes left that I'll cram into this, generally speaking, one-hour podcast that you can get each and every Thursday. My name is Brian Stone. This is the Stone On Air podcast, and we'll wrap things up next. How can I live without you? If it means I gotta get a chance.
0: Now back to more Stone On Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. StoneOnAir.com As a
2: person who was there when this first popped off, there's background information that I have to tell you guys. These white people chose the worst time and place to jump a black man. This happened at Montgomery's Riverfront at the tail end of a back to school event that MPS was putting on in one of the few cities in America that are predominantly black. So they beat up a black man in front of anywhere from 100 to 300 mid-income to low-income black people who are already irritated because they've been in the sun, their kids been dragging them around all day. There ain't no parking, so they know they gotta walk like three more blocks to get to their car. And now they have an outlet to release their anger. How'd that song go?
1: Try that in a small town. Yeah, try that in a small town and see what happens. Neil Young's Alabama, one of the uh, couple of different songs that fueled the Sweet Home Alabama, Leonard Skinner song. Likely you already know the history of that, or you know the, the fake, not real history of that. Don't have time for that right now. Ooh, Alabama. So I went to New Orleans a couple years ago now, and I drove there. Never do that again. And so I drove through Alabama. I drove through Mississippi. I drove through Louisiana. And I'm um, happy to have done it at least the one time to be able to see these states with my own eyes. And it was uh, quite eye-opening to a, a, a certain degree. But before I get more into the city of Montgomery and why I'm going to Helena, I guess that's how you say it, Helena. It's Helen with an A, Alabama is that that brawl, I don't remember, I was out of, was it, what was I doing? I was doing something over the weekend that I just wasn't, I was kind of off the social media grid until the the week started, and I saw a, people making a lot of jokes with the chair, you know, some some person, some white person being hit by a black person with a chair down by the waterfront in Montgomery, and it was hashtag Montgomery brawl, and most of it was, was like jokes, like it wasn't, I thought we were about to have a race riot for a minute. And it turns out that this didn't really get that kind of traction, thankfully, because it didn't need it. Yes, it was a big fight and a bunch of idiots, m- most likely a bunch of drunk people, both black and white, pr- pr- uh, primarily black people, because that's primarily who lives in Montgomery. And so I was happy to see that that didn't turn into something bigger than it actually was. Because my experience in Montgomery, I was headed down, I was stopping in Alabama, uh, uh, Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, before I went to New Orleans. And it was terrible traffic around May of 21. And I was meeting my whole family there, and I just, I, I was sitting in all this damn traffic, and I'm still so many hours away from the beach. And I'm not a big beach guy to begin with. I mean, what am I supposed to do with a pool and a beach more than like a day? Right, like I might do this for a week. What the hell's the matter with these people that do this? If that's what makes you happy, good for you. But I, it's not for me. So I'm not like excited to get there. And I'm looking at the timing here. Now it's going to be like the middle of the night before I finally make it. And I pull up my phone and I see that the Montgomery Biscuits are playing in town. The AA affiliate of the Brewers, I think. Not important. Uh, they play in the Southern League, same as the Lookouts. And they're in town, so I said, "Screw it, I'm going to Montgomery." It's right up here on the right. I'm going to hang out here for a while. And uh, I was still drinking then. So, of course, I'm drinking in all the bars. I'm at the game. One of the most beautiful baseball stadiums I have ever been in. Of the minor league ranks, possibly the most incredible facility I have ever been in to see a, a minor league baseball game. It was fabulous. And I ended up staying the night there. And uh, I don't have enough time to tell the whole story. I think I already have here a couple of years ago. But anyway, it the, the town was fascinating because the downtown area is is gorgeous. It's completely uh, renovated. It's uh, revitalized, gentrified, if that's a word you want to use. And But if you go any length anywhere else, hang a left or a right, you turn into a movie set of poverty and drugs, and homelessness, and just just sad. It's just terribly sad. I didn't get out to any of the outskirts, and any of the areas where, you know, what would be our Gumboro Road, our Shallowford Road, our Hickson, like, you know, I didn't see the suburbs. I can't speak to any of that. But in the downtown area, it was it, one wrong turn, and you went from beautiful, historical... Um, lots of those plate. You know, what are they called? Those we got them all a road downtown with the history on them, like you see in the battlefields and all historical areas. Because Montgomery is one of the most historical cities in the South of modern day America, or really all of American history. And uh, which again, I don't have time to go into. I spent a rabbit hole Wikipedia today to be reminded of so much of it, and I was fascinated with it. the The Rosa Park Uh, A museum is there. and um, But it was like, holy shit, I was just in a nice area. Now I feel like I'm about to, you know, I'm about to be in a scene from Breaking Bad or something with all the meth heads. It is uh, really that bad. And their waterfront, where all this brawl took place, is really that... Imagine what you would think... Ross's landing and the 21st century waterfront plan done under Bob Corker here locally. Imagine that being done in 1985 instead of done in 2002, I think is when it was done here. That's more like what their waterfront is like. And I know that doesn't paint a great picture, but they got a, it's just it's just not very aesthetically pleasing. There, just as a dude mentioned on that rejoin, there's really no parking. There's a long boardwalk kind of thing that um, it's even kind of difficult for like strollers and people who might be mobility challenged, and um, it's just not it's just not impressive at all. And that might be because we just have such a beautiful one here, and I'm comparing it to one one of the nicest ones in the south. But that's not really here nor there, other than just a point. It, so watching all those all that fighting there, it reminded me of walking down there because I did take a stroll all up and down their waterfront, and it just you know it just lacks. It's just missing something. Um, but overall, a a wonderful city that I would suggest anybody uh, visit. Just be careful where where you go because it gets really really rough really really quick. But I am going to Helena, Alabama. Population 21,500, 21,560. It is right outside of Birmingham. It is part of the Birmingham-Hoover metropolitan area. It's about 20 miles south of Birmingham. Um, ranked by Business Week, 13th best place to raise your kids in 2007. Who knows, again, where this information comes from. Eighth lowest crime rate per population in the U.S. A uh, bunch of uh, that, that kind of stuff here. A city that was... Incorporated a long, 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 long time ago And then really the Great Depression and a 1933 tornado Took the entire city out Between the two of them The depression of the depression And the tornado destroying the small town It really sat pretty much just as a dormant suburb A place you don't want to grow go to High crime area And until the beginning of the 21st century, and it became a large uh, portion of the suburban Birmingham area with some revitalization. I'll find out when I get there to see what kind of gentrification it might have gotten. But it is now a a cool little quaint downtown. Think like Ringgold. It's like if you've ever been to downtown Ringgold, it's actually a really cool little downtown center. And they look to seem to have basically the same kind of thing. I'm. They have a, a, a farmers market that's uh, in the morning on Saturday that I'm going to get there in time for. And why am I going? My one of my top favorite band, five favorite bands that I don't talk about a lot. The band Cracker. If you, I'll go out with Low or something. I'll go out here with something you recognize. Uh, there are my favorite band I've seen. Or my top five. I'd say they're probably it's Pearl Jam, Panic. And then somewhere in the next few, there's Oasis, there's Cracker, and then the list just doesn't really go in numerical order anymore after that. And uh, I have not seen them in many, many years, and they've been playing the the band that preceded Cracker was camper van Beethoven, very big in the college radio circuit from Athens when REM was coming up and driving and crying and many others in the 80s. So they are pushing 70 years old i mean they are damn good looking mid 60s but they are 65 plus and so i don't know how many more times they're going to do this and when i saw they're going to be in helena alabama i thought well road trip time for me man so i'm going to spend a day there and i can't wait and that, that's the kind of stuff i can do and love every minute of it a lot of people think that's weird how can you you know one's going with you who's going with you nobody and it's going to be better because i don't have to deal with anybody And uh, I'll probably make some friends along the way And come back that night Have band practice More on that in the future uh, On Sunday And just continue on uh, with my life But that's why I'll be in Helena, Alabama And um, I have a feeling it'll be a lot like most other areas in Alabama Plenty good Maybe more not so good But uh, I'm looking forward to it It's going to be a fun Saturday Hopefully the weather holds up As of now it does Speaking of weather holding up No issues here as the show is now finished. No power outages, no real storm, so that's good. Love you to death. Talk to you again next week, and uh, yeah, that's it. Bye.